0: Welcome to One Thing from Genesis. Thanks for joining us. I'm Scott, and as we look at just one thing from Genesis week by week, I hope we both better understand God's supremacy and the hope, joy, and purpose He intends for our daily lives. God longs for a deep relationship with all people, and He's given us the Bible as the way to understand Him and what He wants to give us. Each week, we'll look at one thing and see how it applies to our daily lives. So with that, Let's look at one thing from Genesis. Genesis chapter 34 could be one of those true crime TV shows. Let me give you the TV version. An attractive young girl is raped by the son of a local community leader. When the son's misdeed is revealed, he convinces his father to fix it by paying off the father of that young girl. Meanwhile, the girl's brothers seethe with anger about the rape and plot their revenge. Soon the brothers murder all of the men in this little town and take their wives and children hostage. Soon the family has to flee in fear of what others in the surrounding communities might do to them. The Bible does not whitewash the failings of the people we find in its pages. The deception, dysfunction, and rivalry in Jacob's life we've discussed in weeks past pales in light of this account. Genesis 34 tells us the story of Dinah, Jacob's daughter. She spends time in the village of Shechem and is raped by the son of the city leader. Later, that leader proposes to Jacob that all of their families intermarry, and his son offers Jacob whatever he desires for his daughter's hand in marriage. Incensed by the rape of their sister, Jacob's 11 sons take revenge. Two of the sons murder all of the males in Shechem and all of the brothers carry off their possessions as well as women and children. Now what happened to Dinah is unacceptable, but the brother's response is even more so. Perhaps your parents, like mine, said two wrongs don't make a right, and that could not be more true here. These brothers were caught up in their own desire for revenge, a terrible sin, and the last act was worse than the first. While we might not commit murder, we are all guilty of responding to some wrong with a greater wrong. We could either justify our behavior by blaming someone else or recognize that like those brothers, we have a sin nature as well. One chapter later in Genesis 35, God revealed himself to Jacob again and told him to return to Bethel. Genesis 35, 2 and 3 tells us how Jacob responded. So Jacob said to his household and all who were with him, get rid of the foreign gods you have with you and purify yourselves and change your clothes. Then come, let us go to Bethel where I will build an altar to God who answered me in the day of my distress and who has been with me wherever I have gone. Jacob realized that despite worshiping God, his family also worshipped other gods, other idols. It was time for he and his family to purify themselves and worship God alone. They needed to turn from the things that drew them away from God. Not focusing on God led to sin in their lives. It led to pain in their family and among others. The same thing that happens to you and me when we do things contrary to God's direction and hurt people. We all have the same sin nature as Jacob's son's, but we can break free of its bondage. The key to the Christian life is not that we never sin, but that we recognize our sin nature then repent or turn away from sin and change our heart. But we can't do that on our own. Our nature to make sinful, selfish choices always lurks just below the surface. The beauty of the Christian life is that Christians don't rely on themselves for a changed heart. Here's God's approach to the problem. First, we recognize our sin nature, then repent. And after repentance, we seek forgiveness from God. Our just God cannot ignore our sin any more than we want to ignore justice in our society. Forgiveness can only come when our sin receives the punishment it deserves. God's Son, Jesus, has already borne the punishment for our sin by dying on a cross. Now we can accept Jesus' gift of bearing God's wrath for our sin. When we do, we are filled with the Holy Spirit who will change our lives and our hearts from the inside out. Oh yeah, and we also get to spend eternity in heaven. Have you recognized your sin, repented, and thanked Jesus for paying the penalty for your sin? Once you do, while you will still sin, you're free from the bondage of sin and the Holy Spirit can begin to change your heart. Ask God to do that now. I hope these few thoughts about one thing from Genesis encourages you to dig deeper into the Bible. Until next week, here's hoping you'll find one more thing from Genesis.